beat. <laughs> All right, welcome to another episode of the Dogtown Podcast. I am Tito. I am Robbie. Yeah, how's it going, man? Good. Good. This microphone is sounding beefy. Yeah, it is very beefy. Whenever, whenever uh, we switch off topics, we get the whoever does the topic gets like this nice RE twenty. Yeah. Microphone. And when I hear it, I'm like, oh, that sounds so good. Yeah, that's how you know you're like in the director's chair. Yeah. You have the RE20, the big, the real podcast microphone. Yeah. We always like, we were talking, we were joking that it's like, oh, you're on first chair today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what it feels like. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, welcome to episode number seven of the Dogtown podcast where we talk about everything about creativity. Yeah. Totally. Um, so let's get into it. The topic yeah. that I want to talk about today is about the concept of finding your voice. Okay. Okay. Cool. So when it comes to like finding your voice, right? I'm not talking about like what timbre that you sing at or like okay. vocally <laughs> how your vibrato sounds. Yeah. Obviously, right? I mean, I, mm-hmm. I think I think everybody understands maybe what the concept of finding your voice means yeah kind of like yeah. how what would your definition of like finding your voice be oh geez i that's that's hard it's um i i is it like how people perceive your work i think so i think that it's like there's there's some there's a lot of things that people kind of like think or have in their head or in their little like um personal quirks or whatever that they have and that they'll do at home or that they'll Mm -hmm. little things about them that are like unique and interesting and personal, but they're like also like potentially embarrassing. Yeah. And I think that like, those are the things that make you, you. Right. And like, and I think that maybe finding your voice is, is like finding, uh, like confidence or, um, a method of sharing those things within those quirks. Yeah. Where you can be yourself and be this like kind of vulnerable, thing and let those things come out that are that are actually like unique to you yeah even if they might be embarrassing or might be vulnerable to let them out yeah that's true because it was the quirks that within your whatever tone the way you sing the way Mm -hmm. you put stuff out there that makes that piece of work unique yeah um and i think for me finding finding my voice i think the goal of finding your voice is I feel like you've gotten there or at least get you're getting closer to it when you've accepted what that voice like what how you do yeah. the way that you do it. Uh-huh. And I think it's basically what you were just saying about how like you accepting those little quirks yeah. and how you present yourself yeah. or whatever. And then so finding it in yourself, accepting it in yourself and then also people kind of recognizing it mm-hmm. um kind of like if someone sees your work and goes oh that's dogtown studio mm-hmm. it, yeah. there's that there's that tone there's that voice there's yeah, that that's atmosphere cool. mm-hmm. that kind of encapsulates who you are mm-hmm. and hopefully the goal as creative people is to find the unique version yeah. of that yes um yeah, yeah. so i think how i want to go about this podcast is because we're in the process of finding our voice, I kind of want to talk about, tell stories about 
our tastes in music or our art, okay. where it came from. Okay. So maybe I'd like to hear more about like what kind of music you listened to when you were like a kid. Okay. And where did you get your variety of, mm-hmm. you know, listen to different genres, where you got it from. Yeah. Just kind of talk a little bit about that first. Okay. Right now, go. Go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. I've, okay. I, it's weird to talk about because I think that there's some things that you listen to when you're a kid that just like, you just listen to them. And they, they're not having, they don't have any effect on what your voice is. And there's other things where you're like, True. Oh, I grew up listening to the Beatles and that's why yeah. I do this. Or I grew up listening to like, um, you know, this and that's why I do this. And so I, and that's fine. You know, I think it's just fun to talk about. Yeah. I think like every, to. everybody, when it was, when I was young, I like, I had this mix of like things that were like really cool and that I like look back and I'm like, yes, that yeah. made it like a very delible mark that, right. That pushed me in a really cool direction. Um, like the, the white stripes was the, the, one of the like earlier, like cool things that I was listening to. How young were you when you first, I, I, it was in white stripes. I was, it was, I downloaded it on Kaza. <laughs> so it was, it was in junior was that, high. Was that pre LimeWire? I, I think I think that that they were probably like uh, the similar yeah. like contemporaries, yeah. but I didn't have LimeWire because I was on I was on Napster like way, oh really way back. oh yeah. wow. and then yep. it like got weird and then you got BearShare BearShare <laughs> you remember BearShare yeah. people don't know BearShare <laughs> I have not heard that word in a long time but yeah I think that that was the they were they were one of the first ones that was really cool for me and I think that that I could see the direction that that kind of took me with because this the like sheer simplicity of it and i was like wow like it was i was at the time listening to like kind of like just whatever like i was like don't judge me i was like like junior high kid i was just listening to like whatever's on like rock radio or whatever mm-hmm. yeah. and like being like oh yeah like this like whatever like Creed or Three Lovers Down song yeah. is like getting pretty rocking. Yeah, super yeah, like, like late nineties, early two thousands yeah. type. And popular. I was like, yeah. and you get into this mindset of like, okay, like this, you know, this like high, pro- it's like high production, and like this higher production stuff sounds better and more rocky and like mm-hmm. more complexity and just more rocky or whatever. And then like the White Stripes came along, and it's like, oh, this is what I was oh, okay. looking so for. It's something shifted in your head. Yeah, like, this is different. This is like, oh, this is what I've been craving, actually. Yeah. I've been craving just like like one chord and like a beat like just on the cymbals and like, you know, just a very just straight energy. chord. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, I didn't realize that that was all it took. Mm. Um, and I would, yeah, and so that that kind of like led me to other stuff and led me to like in a way like going backwards and mm-hmm. musical taste going back and going towards less less produced less refined yeah. stuff like older blues older jazz older stuff and it kind of um i got really into like ray charles and i think that i and like nat king cole and like learning just like i, I loved learning having this experience of learning like oh this this song makes me feel this really strong deep feeling and it's recorded on, it's recorded in this like fidelity that is so lo- like low compared to like yeah. today's standards or whatever. Right. Yeah. 
but it's still doing the this thing in my like soul yeah. more than like do you know what I mean? And that was that's a very empowering thing for like when I was yeah. learning to like write and record songs because it was like you go into the studio and be like, oh man, we like have to make it this like the most perfect, like most polished thing to in order to, you know, make it a meaningful song. And then when I was able to throw out that mentality and I was able to say like, you know what, like like George on my mind or whatever, mm-hmm. like makes me feel this thing like and makes me cry or whatever. And it's like, yeah. And it, you know, it doesn't have like all these like high range frequencies and all these, yeah. you know, that's a very mature discovery that you found in like junior high yeah. where it, it almost kind of broke down the barrier of like the complicated. Yeah. When, when you're, when you're coming from a competition music mm-hmm. type of environment, yeah, you would think, and I had the same experience when it came to band and like the the technical side mm-hmm. of music where it's important right you mm-hmm. need to have some kind of base knowledge in mm-hmm. in your craft or whatever but when it came to musicality you finding the white stripes and the simpleness of that and you yeah. actually gravitating towards it mm-hmm. because i would feel like when you're younger uh you tend to like go for like the shredding yeah, the crazy yeah. like, uh-huh. which I'm sure still was an impressive part of yeah. the things that we listen to. Mm-hmm. But I like that to hear that story that you gravitated towards, like Georgia on my mind or yeah, stuff like yeah. That. It was just cool. It's just there's something different about it, and I couldn't understand it. I was like, why is it? Why like what is it that makes it so good? You know because it's not it's not the, the technology it's not the polishedness it's mm-hmm. like it, there's definitely something there and it's definitely not the you know the yeah. crispness of the digital recording or whatever yeah know? and it's almost in 2019 when technology is the best it's ever been when it came the best not saying back then had didn't mm-hmm. have good stuff uh because obviously everybody's going for that vintage sound yeah yeah so what you're alluding to it's like there's something even in that old yeah technology there mm-hmm. was something real there that yeah today's productions are still trying to mm-hmm. mimic and chase yeah, totally i mean a lot of plugins are trying to get that lo-fi sound yeah. like that vintage mm-hmm. sound and all that yeah yeah that's cool yeah. um for me, when it came to music, I attribute a lot of my taste for my dad. Oh, okay. Because he listened to just like so much mm-hmm. music that I, I just remember like every morning he would be making his coffee mm-hmm. and he would be playing something like Bossa Nova. Oh, sweet. And it, it would be like a mix of like the Beatles, right? Obviously, mm-hmm. America, Super Tramp. Mm-hmm. Then it goes to like Antonio Carlos Jubim. Oh, cool. Where wow, you just heard Girl from Ipanema and yeah. Desafinado like all the time. Yeah. Like on repeat. Sweet. Like my dad wow. just kept repeating it. And at the time, I didn't really appreciate it. Yeah. Because obviously when you're a kid, you're trying to find the cool things, which yeah. which makes me wonder like how we how did we find music? Yeah. Because w- we uh, were at the uh, like the age of like where internet just started, right? Uh, and yeah. For some reason, our teenager brains just 
figured out a way to find. Yeah. Like, how did you find the white stripes? Did somebody tell I you about it? I honestly don't remember. Isn't that crazy? No. Yeah. You know, like you go on, what were the sites? Like it was MySpace and then like Pure Volume. Yeah. At the time mm-hmm. where you just find a band and then it becomes the cool thing and then yeah. someone passes it on. Right. It's really interesting. Yeah. And so, um, so yeah, so I, ha- I attribute a lot to my dad listening to all that type of music. But then for me, it was quite the opposite of the White Stripes. Okay. Because like I got really into super popular music. Okay. So like my first CD was Space Jam. Oh, I had that on tape. Yeah. yeah. So like when I moved to the uh, to America in 1997, mm. that was like my first CD that I ever purchased myself oh, was sweet. Space That's Jam. Sweet. But then <laughs> the next one was Backstreet Boys. <laughs> I had Backstreet Boys you too. Did? Yeah. Get down. Yeah. 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 It was like one of those like you order it from the TV. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I You like, remember kind of, those? I, like, Where you, like there's a commercial yeah. and you order that a CD so from the TV and you like, so my parents would just order random ones. Like that's what people did back then. That was is so They crazy. see something on the TV, they call the number and order it. Yeah. So it was like one of those, like where I just accumulate like all of these, Jeez. you know, like really kind of yeah, the standard pop st- type stuff. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so I got super into that, like, and really anything that my friends listened to, I would get into. Mm-hmm. Like, it would be like Nelly. Yeah. I, I got into the whole bling rap era. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Everybody, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, I wore the velour suit. Oh, man, I'm, I'm a diverse <laughs> I dude. I remember this. I remember this. I had the yeah. FUBU sport I, velour. I, I can picture you in, the, yeah. in like seventh grade. I remember this. Yeah, yeah. my friends and I watched <laughs> Stomp the Yard and we started a dance crew. Nice. I didn't know you started a dance crew. Well, I mean, it never That's, got anywhere. Yeah. I knew how to pop and lock and that was it. Yeah. It, mm. It's just like those silly things like that, right? Yeah. And then like when I got to high school... Um, which is kind of where I, I feel like in the same way that white stripes picked up for you Mm -hmm. in high school, that was around the time it was like the primo time for acoustic singer songwriters. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like that mid two thousands. Yes. Um, oh my gosh. And when it came to like Ben Folds, Damien Mm -hmm. Rice, Mm-hmm. I mean, Jason Mraz, that was like my number one dude for a while. Yeah. I think right now, like, I think my all time is John Mayer. Okay. And just the the way his career just went different directions, but songwriting was always like at the core of it. Oh, cool. Whether yeah. he changed his sound here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, like, that's what I gravitated towards was just that songwriter acoustic. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it always, my voice, I guess you would say, mm-hmm. always had some type of pop sensibility to it. Yeah, totally. I mean, even through college, like mm-hmm. I got to like, when I went to Full Sail, which was a technical school for like audio production, mm-hmm. super into Kanye West, super into oh, yeah. Ryan Tedder, yeah. who are like these producers, Timbaland, mm-hmm. Pharrell. I just loved that. So yeah. when I mix all of those together... It just has this pop quality to it. Yeah. But then when I add my my dad's kind of old school, yeah, all the good classics, yeah. that's what I try to mix into my my stuff. Uh huh. Cool. Cool. Um, cool. Do you have any like in like 
today uh-huh are you still like on the the white stripes well i yeah is that, that kind of like your <laughs> engine I've, I've found other bands since well i know yeah <laughs> i've i have enjoyed other bands from time to time yeah i still do like them a lot um yeah i don't venture out that much yeah. i stick to like a lot of the same oh me too yeah. oh yeah are you okay i'm yeah me too i like i love finding new stuff but i'm like probably an embarrassing amount of like listening to the same stuff over and over yeah too um and yeah i, I but i think that it, it, like i i have i have a similar uh, i think that that kind of impulse of like finding things that were that are like weird like the either like lo-fi or weird or something something like wrong sounding about it Mm -hmm. is something that's still kind of in my um in my my taste or my voice um like i i like finding things that are recorded that are sound like they're recorded wrong or bad or like they're breaking rules Mm -hmm. of like you know like recording it I, I love it when something sounds like like they were recording it way too loud onto tape mm. and it got really distorted. That tape compression kind of yeah. like and like makes this magical mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I just love I love bands who are able to really like to do something more like more like blatantly wrong than anyone has ever yeah. done it before. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so like you like there's there's like a ton of really cool um like artists who you can find who like just really like find ways to just like really mess up their songs and like make it sound like it was like recorded on a calculator or something and you like you like play it back and you're like wow this sounds terrible yeah and it's awesome i'm embarrassed that i don't listen to him enough but is ty siegel like one of those yeah type? i think he was one of the people who kind of yeah there's definitely a lot of, i always hear uh, you talking yeah there's a lot of that that got me into him especially his earlier stuff was yeah he was just really not afraid to to go too far i mm-hmm. think is kind of the thing that's cool about it yeah and i think the cool thing about ty siegel is that he like years later now he um he he is still making music a ton and it's interesting because i i'm not as big of a fan as his of his newer music as i am of his older music interesting but i but i am more of a fan because he is continually doing stuff that's not what that's, people expect the, not what people expect yeah. because i think that he that with his earlier stuff like he could have just recreated those uh, that album and that sound over and over and over again mm. and um and you know sold a lot of albums and whatever and maybe i would like his newer albums if they were kind of repeated the old formula of his old songs yeah but he didn't do that and i ah. like dislike the songs a little bit more but i like him a lot more so you for like taking that path. have super respect for yes. the way that he's he's not stuck in the formula exactly he's an artist he keeps creating right. he keeps doing something different that's what i love about him yeah and like, i think that bleeds off into your own your own work like yeah. you're trying to always yeah change something yeah yeah and i think now that we both kind of framed up where we come from when it comes to like mm-hmm. our taste yeah um yeah. i want to introduce this audio clip um, it's an amazing audio clip that I found years ago 
Uh, I'm sure I've shared it with you when mm-hmm. I found it or whatever. Yeah. Um, it's one of those ones that I always have to remind myself, you need to listen to that again. Yes, definitely. It's just like this, the Joseph Gordon-Levitt on the mm-hmm. last episode. It's like, okay, that needs to go on the rotation of things I listen to. Yeah. Get me back to like yeah ground me again just and like, yeah get grounded again yeah 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 so this this audio clip is um by ira glass um are you familiar with ira glass yeah he just from npr okay yeah so he's he's a public radio personality uh most famously known for the this american life um which is on npr mm-hmm. um i i haven't listened too much about from I haven't listened too much of This American Life, but there was a series on NPR called Serial where he was like the, I don't know if he was like the executive producer, but I mean, Ira Glass is basically because of the volume of work that he put out there. He's, he's become like this master storyteller. Mm -hmm. Um, So he's kind of like the figurehead or, or maybe one of the main voices on NPR or main producers or whatever. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this one is uh, this clip is called the gap. Sweet. Right. Nobody uh, tells people who are beginners, and I really wish somebody had told this to me, is that um, all of us who do creative work, like you know, we get into it, and we get into it because we have good taste. But it's like there's a gap that for the first couple years that you're making stuff, what you're making isn't so good. Okay, it's not that great. It's it's, it's trying to be good. It has ambition to good, but it's not quite that good. But your taste. The thing that got you into the game, your, your taste is still killer. And your taste is good enough that you can tell that what you're making is kind of a disappointment to you. You know what I mean? A lot of people never get past that phase. A lot of people at that point, they quit. And the thing I, I would just like say to you with all my heart is that m- most everybody I know who does interesting creative work, they went through a phase of years where they had really good taste, they could tell what they were making wasn't as good as they wanted it to be. They knew it felt short. It didn't have this special thing that we wanted it to have. And the thing I would say to you is everybody goes through that. And for you to go through it, if you're going through it right now, if you're just getting out of that phase, you gotta know it's totally normal. And the most important possible thing you could do is do a lot of work, do a huge volume of work. Put yourself on a deadline so that every week or every month you know you're gonna finish one story. Because it's only by actually going through a volume of work that you're actually going to ca- catch up and close that gap. And your, the work you're making will be as good as your ambitions. In my case, like I, I took longer to figure out how to do this than anybody I've ever met. It takes a while. It's going to take you a while. It's normal to take a while. And you just have to fight your way through that. Ooh. Okay? Yeah. Is it recording? Uh, yeah, it is. Oh, okay. <laughs> Yes, that that was. It sounds different. It, I turned the compressor off. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that, I mean, that was. That's two minutes of gold. Yeah. Oh right my gosh. Yeah. I that, mean, like, for me, when I listened to it, he did like the perfect balance. It was like this gentle kick in the ass. Yeah. Totally. Um. What are your kind of initial thoughts just like rehearing that back? Yeah, um, that's like it's that is such an, a powerful, such an important thing that has gotten me through like really hard parts in my life. Yeah. I do you remember the last time you told me that you told me about that? Um, 
Oh, no. It was in, within the last year. I'll give you a hint. And I sent you this video? Yeah. Or the, the audio? Uh-huh. Mm. It was because I... um, Because a few... Like, a little while into Dogtown sessions, I was... It was probably, like, a few sessions. And I, I know the specific band that I'm thinking of, but I don't want to say it. Yeah, that's right. Because it's like, I... At, uh, I felt there was a, there was a few sessions in a row where I was like, this is not good enough. Like I felt kind of like I, I didn't do a good enough job mm. on it. Right. And the reason I don't want to say the band is because like, if they listened to it and they were like happy and like, Oh, this is sweet. I don't want them yeah. to like go back and be like, Oh, this is actually shitty. You know? But yeah. <laughs> anyways, um, if you were disappointed with your dog session, just pretend I'm talking about you. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, the um, it was just one of those experiences that you were just like, oh, it could I, be better. Yes, yeah. I was starting out and I was pulling my hair out because like mixing, like mixing a band was like this. It's mixing a band. It's, it's a task. You know wow. what I mean? Yeah. Especially when you when you don't mix bands all the time. Yeah. It gets it gets easier as you do it. Yeah. But it's like and it's we, a live recording. So yeah. it's like Once it's recorded, it's you can't do anything about it. And it's like we are um. And it's like there was there and there was such a learning curve for all this stuff. And like, yeah, it's like I don't think it's like I don't think it's like a, a secret to say that the sessions are better now than they were when they sure. when they started. Yeah. It's like and um, the the thing was, it was just like there was that gap for me. And there still is that gap that. It's, yeah. But there but it's a lot. It's it's closing. Right. But the but there was definitely that gap where it's like I have like. I have this thing that I'm picturing that I want to make and I can see that clear enough to Mm -hmm. know that what I just made is not there yet. Yeah. That's like the first half of this thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, so remind me again, my memory is so bad. So you were feeling that about, about a a couple, a a few sessions sessions in a row. And I'm like this, like, so it just felt like, Oh man, I'm like doing this thing completely wrong. Yeah. Right. And it's like I and there's there's you know there's always a few sessions in there that you're that is like, whoa like especially in the beginning it like I had a few sessions here there were like, holy shit this is amazing yeah. like and it's like reinvigorated everything you know yeah. all the you know all the dice turned up positive or whatever yeah and it's like yes this can be done this is like yeah and but there were other ones where I was like oh my gosh I cannot make this look and sound how I want it to no matter yeah. how hard I try yeah. Um, and so I was telling you that and you were like, you were like, you know what it reminds me of is this, I, this thing, the gap by yeah. Ira Glass, yeah. um, where it's like, you have these tastes, you know what you want and yeah. you have, you have this taste, but you know that you're not there yet. Whoa. And so you have to just keep, keep pushing and keep making, and just keep making a lot of stuff, which is kind of like the reason why really wanted to do like a ton of sessions because yeah. like then you get the shitty part over with mm-hmm. like like we we've done like 40 sessions since then it's like yeah if we would have wait and just dilly dallied and took our time you know that could have could have taken us like three years to get 40 sessions yeah. but it's like I, i'd rather get the i'd rather get to get that over with get the get the bad ones out of your system mm-hmm. and the sooner you do that like i don't just don't want to waste time in the in the gap yeah (laughs) yeah and it it, it's funny because like when i when i read this back or if i listen to it the answer of doing a huge volume of work 
And you know how he said it, put yourself on a deadline so that every week, every month, you know you're going to finish one thing or mm-hmm. one story. Yeah. And it's going through a volume of work that you're going to catch up and close that gap. Yeah. It, it's almost like that, duh. Yeah, of course, like everybody knows, like if you keep working on something, it's going to get better. Yeah. But um, if, if there was an example of this kind of two-minute golden piece of advice to creatives, the way Dogtown Session, the way you kind of treated that, whether it was intentionally or mm-hmm. just kind of putting your head down and just mm-hmm. doing it and then eventually realizing, oh, this is much better. Yeah. it Like, that's what you did, where it's like, yeah. you're not satisfied with how it some might have turned out in the beginning. Yeah. Because you have this like great ambition of like mm-hmm. what it could be. Yeah, totally. And totally. And is it like, so what kind of things changed through Dogtown sessions? Like in that, what kind of little things tweak? Oh my gosh. So many tweaks. The one thing it's I like, could think of right now, like right off the bat is yeah. we started off multicam. Yeah. Uh huh. And then yep. now, I mean, I don't even know the last I think it was just like the first two or three were multicam. Yeah, the first like I think it was like six or seven or something. Yeah, but um, but it switched to, to just a one single camera. Yeah, one and it's like just stuff like that. Yeah. yeah, just realizing that like oh okay, switching between the two, like it's like and there were technical things that yeah. made you go crazy about it. Oh my gosh, and it was harder, and it was like colors didn't and, look yeah. and like oh my gosh, the colors drove me nuts trying to match yeah. the colors on these two different cameras that I had just drove me nuts. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, um, and it was just like, Oh yeah, this isn't actually worth it. Yeah. <laughs> and it looks like pretty and like having it one camera gives it a cool kind of like voice feel. Yeah. That's what it is. It's like yeah. you found the voice through yeah. like kind of like this little tweak. Of yeah, totally. Just efficiency, mm-hmm. but also, yeah. Oh, it looks good like this. Yeah. And it gives us a certain like energy of like, like when you're turning your head, you're like, Oh, there's a there's a basis over there and he's doing something really cool. I'm gonna look over there really quick and it gives it that kind of a feel, you know. You know what I'd love. Hmm. This is going way off topic. Okay. But like I I think about this when it comes to like listening to podcasts or actual YouTube videos mm-hmm. when um, virtual reality. Oh yeah. Gets like nuts. Oh like, yeah. What if you were in a Dogtown session? Oh jeez. And like, it's whatever camera we end up using in yeah. 2050 or whatever. Right. Um, where you have the, the virtual reality and you're actually like in the studio. Yeah. While the band is playing. That yeah. would be freaking nice. That's cool. I'm sure that that's the thing you can do, right? Yeah. I think you oh, can I'm sure probably, you can. We should actually, we should try and do that. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Because <laughs> I think that if you get a 360 camera, yeah. that, I mean, that's I what it is. you can do that, right? Yeah. That's, that would be sweet. That Let's would be that. amazing. I really want to do that. Because even like, yeah, if you were like listening to a podcast and it's like in video form, if you felt like you were sitting at the table with the people that you were like listening to. Yeah. That's that's just a different experience. almost. Totally. It's a little trippy. It is. I feel like like, I don't know how like, I don't want it to replace the real thing. You know, like once you get to like virtual reality, it gets kind of nuts. Like, yeah, because I just picture somebody like, like I don't like I just picture somebody like wearing headphones and these like VR masks and they're just like walking like around their room or something and they look 
I don't like. Oh, it's very. Like, do you know what I mean? Just alone. It's very it's, like Fahrenheit four fifty one. Yeah, it's very where lonely. Feeling you live in me. a society where it's like nobody goes out. It's just like they're staring at screens. Dude, and, let's talk about creative stuff again. <laughs> <laughs> this is let's let's make cre- creative stuff that cre- prevents that from happening. Yeah, yeah. So it, it it's just through all of the videos that we put in, uh, that y- the work you put in, and you. Thank you. Logan. <laughs> yeah, everybody. Um, the tone and the voice of what Dogtown is becomes clearer and clearer. Yeah. Who knows what it's going to look like 20 sessions from yeah, now. Yeah, totally. But there's there's, there's certainly your vision yeah. in it. I can, I can say that much. Yeah, definitely. Where it's like, I've said this in previous podcasts, I feel like you see the video before I do. Mm-hmm. Mm. I I think about things differently, but like I feel like for you, you see a place and you see what the video should look like. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. almost like the guesswork is kind of like that finding out period of what your voice is. Yeah. But is it now? It's a like you know how it's gonna look when you see it through the a viewfinder. lot more than when I started. Yeah. yeah, a lot more than when I started. That's for sure. Uh, is it a feel I, thing? I feel like I'm just like, kind of getting a feel for that like okay i don't like it's a it's just a lot of experience and just like it literally is the thing you just have to do it a lot and then you figure out what looks good and what looks bad and you figure out what sounds good and what sounds bad and yeah you just have to do it a lot and i feel like especially with mixing with mixing bands Mm -hmm. you just have to do it a lot yeah because it's like there's no you just there's you just have to and that's one of the reasons why like that's kind of like one of the reasons why i started doing the sessions because it's like I didn't know, like I didn't know how to mix the songs that I was writing and that I was doing with my band and with my solo project and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I didn't, and I was like, how, I can't write enough, like I can't practice really because if I'm practicing on my own stuff, it's like, I just didn't, I just feel like I couldn't, A, like write enough songs where it's like I could have a consistent practice mixing To them. mix, yeah. And then I be like, I, I couldn't really practice on mixing my own songs because then it's like there's biases. There's bias because yeah. it's like you're just learning to make everything sound like you or whatever. And it's mm-hmm. I feel like there's an individual color to that comes to mixing your own songs or whatever. But but I was like, okay, I want to like mix other people's songs. And I was like, well, I'll I'll uh, do it here at the studio because I, I have stuff here. And how will I convince them to come in? I'll yeah, have I have a camera? Yeah, so it's just beneficial that you also get. <laughs> video and then you get yeah. practice on mixing but yeah but it, and it's still a thing where it's like i'm so i love doing the mixing part and i'm so like happy that i get to do that all the time and it's a fun thing to do yeah and yeah, yeah. i mean that in itself the recording it, that also has its own voice that mm-hmm. it's trying to find yeah you know i i i would hope that at some point when you hear I mean, you're not even watching the Dogtown session video. Mm-hmm. When you hear it, you're like, that sounds like a Dogtown session. Yeah, totally. That would be cool. Yeah. That would yeah. be cool to get to that point. Mm-hmm. And I think Definitely. in somewhat, there's that there's those little senses that it's getting there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, how would you... How do you know when you're on the right kind of, like, path? Oh. And, like, well, how does it feel? Like, when you're like, oh, I'm I'm getting closer. The gap is starting to... Get yeah. Closer. Jeez, I uh 
That's a good question. I think that in my experience, it's just like you don't feel it happening. Mm -hmm. You just kind of look back and you're like, oh, this is a lot easier than it was when I was starting. And it's like, and it wasn't ever this feeling of like, yes, this is finally happening. It was just like these hundred small little changes and hundred small little lessons that you learned. Yeah. Because it's like, you probably learn like, you probably learn a good two lessons per like thing that you do like yeah i think it's a pretty av- like if you do a dog town session i say like on average i learned two lessons per one that i per session that i yeah. did and when you do you know after you've done a lot of them then it's like that's two times however many sessions you did that's a lot of lessons and yeah. it's like you know and so, it's like you you the thing is is that you learn those lessons a lot better doing it than you do from like a youtube tutorial or true that you know it's Very like you, there's you don't you can like the 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 experience and the like knowledge and the kind of like understanding and intuition especially that you get from doing it is different than anything you can like study about or like watch a tutorial about right you can't get to yeah you can't listen to a podcast and then all of a sudden understand yeah your voice yep you know we hope that it can help yeah. But like, yeah, yeah, especially the intuition part. Yeah. Yeah. You just got it. Which is go out there and do it, which is kind of like your voice. I guess, right. Which is the main difference of like, yeah, technical oh gosh, versus yeah. technical work. Like everybody could play the same exact song, mm-hmm. but the intuition and like the way mm-hmm. that's what's different about it. Yeah. Totally. I, I think about like different artists who who do covers where sometimes you hear the cover, well, majority of people do a cover where it's exactly the same, right? Okay, as the original. Yeah, yeah. But then there's some, I, I'm thinking of someone like, have you heard of Jamie Cullum? Yeah, yeah. So he's like a jazz pianist, yeah. but like, like updated jazz pianist uh-huh. almost, like crooner voice. But like he does these covers of like standard 2000, 2000 like current day pop songs. Mm-hmm. But he does his own twist to him. Yeah. And it sounds uniquely Jamie Cullum. Oh, really? That's And it's like he tapped into this some, something where he's still honoring the song of like whatever song it was. Yeah. But he's made it into his own voice. Yeah. That's a that's cool to me. That is really cool. That he it's still the same song. Yeah. But it's like a complete completely different look. Completely yes. different feel. Yeah. There, I love that. I love that. You know what a good one of of that is for me is uh charles bradley covering stay away by nirvana Ooh, it's so good yeah yeah everyone has to i'm gonna check that out that too it's a really good cover is it like just completely oh yeah it's completely different yeah it's like but it's like really cool again because like the original stay away is a really sweet song and then the way that he does it is like yeah as sweet in a completely different way and it's like you i don't know you just want to think of those worlds overlapping yeah yeah those are like yeah those are like the top level covers oh yeah yeah totally um i'm kind of glad that you said that you kind of don't know that you've closed the gap a little bit yeah like are you are you a critic like are you i know myself i'm very critical of my work while i'm doing it and Mm -hmm. like even the initial like when i put it out yeah are you the type to are you hard on yourself? Like, how, um, how do you treat your work wh- while you're doing it? I'm sure there's the different frustrations that you have while you're working on it. Yeah. But generally speaking, are you the type to be 
beat yourself up when you're creating stuff when you put stuff out there not 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 really okay i uh i don't think i'd i don't think i beat myself up too hard about it yeah just like yeah like get it are are you like you release and it's like it's out there yeah kind of okay i think that it's like i used to beat myself up a lot more about that kind of stuff and i think that yeah yeah i don't know i just yeah because i do it a little less now nice yeah. and i'm trying to get to that because i'm i'm more i'm very critical uh-huh. and when i ask the questions like how do you know when you've mm-hmm. closed the gap a little bit mm. and for me it's like I, I really don't because of how critical i am sometimes of my own stuff oh, really? i don't know till much later mm-hmm. of how much like my stuff has changed or or if i feel like i'm on the right path Mm-hmm. because i remember random times i would text you mm-hmm. like bro i'm listening to my old album yeah and this shit is fire yeah, you know like totally yeah and definitely. and for that one day yeah that millisecond where i'm actually feeling my own stuff yeah totally it's like the next day it'll go away uh-huh. but like those little moments are kind of like oh okay i did something like something felt right there yeah totally and it's kind of like you don't realize it until you've already done the work sometimes. Yeah. I'm trying yeah. to get to a point where I'm a little bit not as hard on myself. I mean, that's uh-huh. always the goal is just actually enjoy the whole process rather than like oh, yeah. two years later. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah. yeah. Um, you have any other thoughts on that? Um, not on on the whole topic in general of the gap or on that specific question. just kind of like how how to know when you've closed again right i don't i don't think that i think that you always like i think that if you feel like you close the gap you should maybe like be getting a different like make it different gap because it's like you all should like you, you always want to be the gap. yeah you should yeah. you always want to be like getting doing something different and trying something you haven't done and if you're like, oh, okay, I'm, I can do this in my sleep, mm-hmm. then maybe it's like time to, to do something else or try something different or diff- like, I don't know. I think it's just like, if you're, if you get into the routine of doing the same things, that's not very creative yeah. sounding to me. Nice. <laughs> you know? Yeah, totally. So I think that I'm like, I feel like I, I like I said, like I'm, making definitely like strides and i i feel a lot more confident that the ones that the dogtown sessions especially now are a lot better than when they started and a lot i've learned a lot of things that i was wanting to learn and i've you know those times when i was pulling out my hair like a couple months into it and i was like why is this so hard i can never make it how i want it to look Mm -hmm. i feel like i've made a lot of progress towards making it how i want it to look and now that i've made that progress i'm like like setting my sights on different things and being like okay i want to try this i want to try that and that's another gap to close right where it's like you're you're now enjoying the process more Mm -hmm. but also you haven't like arrived and gone this is it yeah you're still trying to find the next thing yeah totally the virtual reality dogtown (laughs) session like what's 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 next kind of thing totally yeah so to to cap this off what what are some like practical tools that you've used um, to help possibly someone who's listening to this 
in kind of accepting who who their voice is, mm-hmm. what their voice is, how to get closer to finding that voice and closing that yeah. gap. Um, I have a couple little bullet points here where okay. yeah. I think these are conversation topics that we've talked about in the past and could definitely be its own thing. Yeah. Um, so like, like one that I, I thought of, I put them all in one category is this uh, concept of shitty is pretty. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Make uh, make the road by walking. Yeah. We right. The road by walking. And then the first pancake. Yeah. Where in the same way that Ira Glass is saying, you just got to put in the volume of work. Yeah. There's those concepts where it's like doing it mm-hmm. will get you closer to it. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yeah. Doing it will get you closer to it. That's I think that perfect way to say it. Yeah. Yes. Um, totally. It's like I've like I've. Uh, I, I think that the maybe the reason that I don't beat myself up too much is because I just learned that like you a lot of times you work on something and it's about as good as it like will be and you could you know at the end of a at the end of a project you can be like okay I'm gonna put in you know 20 more hours in like nitpicking the shit out of this song mm-hmm. and like usually like that like will make it like. I don't know. A lot of times that makes it worse. A lot and a lot of times that makes it like just barely better at all and yeah. you don't you know a lot of times you'll do that put in that 20 hours and like maybe learn like a you know a half of a lesson or something. But I like I just in my in my experience I'd rather spend that 20 hours doing two other songs and it's like once you do them like like I said every time you do like something you learn two lessons. Right. And so it's like Rather than You'd, spending every single yeah, instead thing. of spending all of your energy trying to like make one song the most perfect thing ever, just be like, all right, I've I worked on it, I made it, and it's about as good as it's gonna be. Time to make another one. Yeah, <laughs> and then you know, and then in that you know thirty hours when it's all said and done, instead of having one song that's like you know and and uh that you're like agonized over, yeah, you have three songs and you learned six lessons. Yeah, so <laughs> you know. Kind of like not getting overly precious about. Yeah, don't get about, over precious about it. Yeah, I think Dave Grohl has something about that. Yeah, doesn't I think, he? I I think I've heard him say precious. Yeah. Oh yes. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, that is gonna be what a is it? Great. I remember. Okay. I remember so talking about. He was recording. Um, he was recording an album, and I don't know if it was a more recent one, but either they recorded it at like their home studio or whatever but it was something that around i would love this as an episode cuz it's like we could play the audio clips when yeah. he does it where the record labels or like some management or whatever kept wanting to make sure that they got the tape mm. like the actual analog oh okay yeah 2 inch tape or whatever it was and and he was saying something that like he got so pissed off because everybody was just so precious precious about, about tape. this tape. Yeah, where it got to a point where he was so mad about it, where he recorded the album, uh-huh. and I believe I don't quote me on this, but okay. I believe he cut up like the tape. I yeah, I think that's right. I and think then he did. like I don't know if he put it in every single CD or something, yeah, something like, that, like that. Where yeah. like everybody was so precious yeah. about like keeping the tape like in this like pristine condition. Yeah. When like the point of this whole thing is making music yeah, and like seriously. for people to enjoy. Yes. Yeah, and it's like. You got too precious about the tape and not like the actual work itself. Yeah. 
definitely i like that so like don't get too precious about the work that you're doing right now because if you're in the mindset of knowing that you're just going to be putting in this work Mm -hmm. so you can find the voice yeah i feel like especially if you feel like you're in that stage of like finding you're finding your voice or if you feel like you're in the stage of closing the gap Mm -hmm. don't get too precious about stuff just make it Mm -hmm. and like do your best on it and then do the next thing you know don't try to you know once you've done your best Mm -hmm. and it's like oh like if you've done your best on something and you're like and it's still not as good as you know it can be it's like kind of embarrassing to like put it out maybe or whatever but it's just like just put it out and do the next yeah thing don't spend you know 20 hours agonizing over it and that'll keep you from putting it out and that'll keep you from going to the next thing it's like and i think i'm discovering too it's like at first right when you're when you when the gap say is so big in your head like everybody has individual the size of the gap of like what their ambitions are Mm -hmm. right like if you can't if you've never sang a lick in your life and yeah. your your ambition is to be Beyonce. Yeah. That's a long gap that you gotta like try to close. Yeah. Right. right? But like I, I feel like sometimes like when you're in the process of finding the voice, when you're f- when you're overly focused on arriving at this like mm-hmm. the ambition part, it's almost like a means to an end to put in the volume of work. Mm-hmm. But I'm realizing that the more work that you're starting to put in eventually the mindset of arriving at that that destination mm-hmm. goes away. Mm-hmm. Like you find the pleasure in doing the work yeah. that gets you a little bit closer to that gap. Yeah. Like you, it becomes definitely. a more like enjoyable thing. Yeah. You can enjoy it more. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I, yeah. I agree. Yeah. So I, I think that was a good way to end that. Yeah. Totally. I think just enjoying the process, but then also, yeah being driven to like put in the work so you can at the end of the day you want to feel like yourself when yeah. you're making the work exactly uh, when you yeah. Well, yeah when you're putting stuff out there mm-hmm. you want to feel like the voice that's coming out that's my goal is to be like oh that's me yeah like i finally sound like myself yeah definitely um not definitely. being too hard on yourself not being too precious yeah but at the end of it feeling like you are being who you are, your most genuine self as yeah. a creative person. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think that's a good good way to end it. Yeah. Dope. Cool. All right. That was an episode of the Dogtown Podcast. Um, another podcast next time will happen maybe Again, next week. Tomorrow. The future. <laughs>